Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 253 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hello, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. We are doing a two-person show today. We were hoping that Shane would be able to show up and give us some details about Yay, but unfortunately, I think that you'll have to go to his social media yourselves and demand his next appearance on Pop Culture. Plus, if he does, everything breaks anyways and nothing works. So. Yeah, he'll just curse our technology again. So why even try? As he's been known to do. So hopefully he doesn't hear this and then like somehow create a like a, a ghost vortex that comes through cast and destroys. Cast a spell on us. Cost, yeah, if he casts a spell on us and all our equipment goes down, I want you to go over and follow Shane Cashman on Instagram uh, and <laughs> yell at him for doing that to us. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. If you don't know who Brittany Aldean is, Brittany Aldean is the wife of a country singer Jason Aldean. She's uh, kind of like a... She's super like, based. She, she's like she a, might be a little bit based. <laughs> she, she's like a... like a, If she was a, a reporter, she'd be a Fox News correspondent, right? And she's... Uh, <laughs> no? Am I, am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, she has like Kaylee McKenney vibes. Yeah, she does. Uh, so she is the she is the wife of Jason Aldean, and she's kind of been known to get into it with a lot of the more progressive members of you know Hollywood because she too you know exists in that space. So we're going to talk about her and her uh, performative display of throwing away her Balenciaga clothes, which they just happened to get a picture of as they did it. it I was, had, of course, yeah. a completely candid yeah. shot. Look, that I, they just got in the moment. It's very organic. I, as I was working through this story, I kind of I started one place and then I ended another place mentally. So we'll we'll get into that. Uh, we're also going to get into a, a lot of Volco, uh, Volkova and all that stuff. We have more, you know, to talk about there. That goes along with the Brittany Aldean stuff. We're also going to talk about James Cameron and James Cameron, the the beloved director of Avatar and Terminator Two and. Titanic and all these great franchises. Well, he thinks that masculinity is so toxic that you need to rid your body of it. So we will talk about that. We are also going to discuss Ollie London, uh, plastic surgery, detransitioning, and the stigma around detransitioning and plastic surgery. Uh, Mary has a lot of thoughts on that yeah, that I, I think are far. Yeah, we've talked about Ollie London before, yeah. but there is a different angle to this. So uh, we're also going to talk about Rebel Wilson because she just can't win. Uh, she she literally can't win. She's created a line of clothes 
closed and now they're calling her fat phobic because once you are a member of the cult you're not allowed outside of the cult in this place it's the the cult of people who want to make being fat like something to brag about they're which, shocked yeah. that she doesn't sell 3xl in her new clothing line <laughs> so we're gonna do that and then i've got some thoughts at the end about aisha tyler a character she plays on criminal minds and what i consider why i consider network tv to be possibly the worst out of all of hollywood when it comes to ruining things with wokeness so mary if you are ready, we will just get right into it. Are you ready? Of course I'm ready. Okay. Well, of course. <laughs> All right. So, oh, and first, before we do that, I do want to mention that Tulsa King did actually get renewed for a second season. No way. Yes, it got renewed for a second season. Did after it actually driving... do well? Yes, it drove record signups to Paramount+. Plus. So take that, Halo. Uh, I, I have watched episode one and two. Mary hates it. I will say for me, I find Sly Stallone, that's what Michael Francis keeps calling him when he talks about it. He's like, Sly Stallone. Uh, I consider Sylvester Stallone charismatic enough in the dialogue, just humorous enough that it kind of makes up for the fact that a lot of the other characters are extremely forgettable. So uh, if you guys want to go check it out, the first three episodes are up. I'm going to watch episode three after after the show today. All three, the first three episodes are up and you can watch it on Paramount+. Plus. I do find it to be a bit of a breath of fresh air. Guys, this Hollywood. show was not good. I'm sorry. I found it laughably bad it it drags on like dialogue in a video game it literally feels like watching a video game that has a lot of dialogue and no gameplay well then perhaps what they can do is if people want to check it out to then come back and tell us do you yeah. think that are you on my side are you on her side we will someone, find out someone tweeted me and they were like you guys should review tulsa king and i was like well we already talked about the the pilot of it if you didn't catch yeah. that but like it was really bad in my opinion at least you said in your opinion. Do not speak for me, I say. <laughs> I mean, feel free to enjoy it if you if you want to. Also, I, I do. Uh, we had some super chats that came through at the end of the show yesterday. We did. Yes. Okay. This threw me for a loop. So first we have one from someone named Good App that <laughs> says, Hey, PCC, thanks for bringing some humor to a banal office job. We love it. And... It looked suspiciously like Bad App, but with a halo instead of demon <laughs> horns. So, uh, not sure if that's just his his good twin. His alter ego. Or his alter ego. Maybe he's got a Let dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, that would be a That'd fun be cool. twist. And then we have one from Indy Uke that said, Dane, do you consider Filipinos Hispanic? Yeah. I had to catch Dane for his answer on this topic, and he just said, no, because they don't speak Spanish. So that was that was his answer. So if you don't speak Spanish, apparently Dane says you are not Hispanic. Okay. All right. Well, now that we've gotten that taken care of, we are yes. through. We, we made up. We didn't want to leave. We finished any of the, some business. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to get right into it. So Brittany Aldine, again, like I said, she is the wife, the beautiful wife. I do want to say. Oh. Of, uh, <laughs> she kind of looks like Jamie Lynn Spears. A little bit. A little but, bit. So, so she was she was photographed very uh, amazingly outside of this what is... looks to be her house, and it says uh, Brittany Aldine, the wife of country star Jason Aldine, publicly trashed her Balenciaga gear, presumably in response to the ads featuring children holding BDSM clad teddy bears. My first thought was like, what if she just really hates the logos and just just happened to be throwing them out? She's she's actually not making a statement at all. I mean, I thought well, this this is obviously what the industry calls a plan did mm -hmm. that. You know, she staged with her social media manager, clearly. This um, is this is virtue But, signaling. like, it's a little bit embarrassing that you even owned these items in the first place. I will say, 
Balenciaga has a reputation for just sending yeah. influencers free garbage in the mail. If you're on a PR list, yeah. then you will receive like some low quality slides that just say Balenciaga on them. I think that all of it looks incredibly tacky and she should have thrown them out before this scandal even happened. But the question here is, is she doing this for validation or to stand for some principles that she has? I This is where I have a little, I, I worked, like my brain worked through this. My initial take, because I'm a contrarian, I said, look, you're just virtue signaling. Like like everything that we rail against, you're still virtue signaling. You're, you're, you're doing this. It takes the least amount of effort to actually to do this as opposed to, I don't know, uh, what would you do? Go do charity work at a reputable charity that works against human trafficking. There's a million things that you could do that would actually fight against what Balenciaga did. Well, but, she can do that and post and this, about throwing away her Balenciaga items. And, and when I realized that they were making whole TikToks, like there was a whole trend on TikTok of people cutting up their Balenciagas. Of, like, look, maybe we have to accept that as much as we hate virtue signaling about things that we think are stupid, in the case of something like this, maybe, I guess, to spur on public interest and to get people to understand what's going on here. Because remember, we talk a lot about, does anybody even know that Ezra Miller is a creep? Maybe big name people have to do this type of performative virtue mm -hmm. signaling to actually get the message out there. In which case, we're just like the people on the other side. We're just doing it for a cause that is, we believe, actually matters. The confounding part of all of this is that you do have to be a cut above the rest in terms of socioeconomic status yeah. in order to even stage a boycott of <laughs> Balenciaga. Yeah. Most people who are mad about what happened never owned or supported this uh, items from this company or supported this company before in their lives. Some of them never even heard about this company's existence before. Well, for years they on. also own Gucci. Yeah. The, their parent company owns Gucci, Saint Laurent. These are brands that most ordinary people who found this campaign shocking and appalling can't afford. They can't afford them. It would be like, like I said, does Walmart use sweatshops? Because I used to buy a lot of Velcro shoes from Walmart. Oh, you maybe, know that they do. Maybe I will go to Walmart, buy some uh, $7, well, they used to be $7 Velcro shoes, and then cut them up and throw them away in the name of social justice. I thought it was such an obfuscation when people responded to this ad campaign saying, well, what about all the other ways that children are victimized? Like, you know, working in sweatshops yeah. overseas to make these Balenciaga items yeah. or the fact that they're being shipped around the world by the millions, really, uh, on the black market getting sold. And people who are ultra rich get bored enough to wonder what can my money buy? And that includes human beings. Yeah. But it's like... We're allowed to be mad about this one thing. It's sort of yeah. annoying, like, that's when a, we say social media maybe is, uh, has, like, deleterious effects on mental health, mm. and then you're, then other people are in the peanut gallery saying, but you have an Instagram account. That means you're part of the problem. Yeah. Like, uh, it's like the meme that's like, I want to improve society somewhat, and then another person replies, but you're part of society. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, it's not as much of a gotcha moment as you think. We're allowed to call out one thing and not another. Call attention to one problem without... Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? 
Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once, then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com getting derailed yeah. and talking about it, a bunch of other issues which also are equally valid i've had that happen like where like i i, I make a, a lot of posts in which i talk about kind of the conundrum of like look we as a society we're not meant to be as connected as we are meaning like you're not designed me and you are not designed as human beings to know every thought that goes through the the heads of our friends and family we weren't built that way yeah. even as social creatures we weren't built that way and i said social media is a huge part of that problem because you're now you're basically privy to all that information information that you don't really want to know like in, in the end and mm-hmm. so it's like yeah well you're saying this on social media so you're totally like like it's totally, you're yeah. a hypocrite yeah you're a hypocrite but i mean in this case yep. talking about Brittany aldean's post we see her husband commenting show him how to walk the walk babe that's what made me want to cover it because i'm like it just feels so further fake. verifying my take that no one should call their significant other babe, babe. <laughs> i find it the the hallmark of a toxic relationship uh another influencer named amanda ensing who owns a beauty company said burning all of mine to the ground once again you're only going to need to burn your Balenciaga items if you are a name on a PR list that got sent this stuff in the mail so that you would post it on social media and people would think that you bought it. It's a, it's a weird world how uh, the people who have the most influence over our social issues are the ones that have literally no connection to the social issues that they're trying to push for. Mm-hmm. Meaning like they're, uh, they're kind of firewalled off from most of the causes that they're promoting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of like the, you know, so what, what did she say yesterday? Elon Musk could have solved world hunger. I'm like, well, you probably could have taken a dent out of it too. Like right. maybe not maybe maybe like not maybe hunger. you could have sold your Tesla and taken that money and found an individual who needed it and give gave yeah. like them something they needed. Yeah. But instead of doing that, she just wanted to preach about it on the View to seem like she's superior. So, so is it a thing to say that like when we talk about this stuff, it's not enough to just do the right thing? Because this is where I was coming from. Like look, look, if it really bothered you and you weren't looking for clout. In, in ch- children being treated the way they are and being abused the way they are through these Balenciagas, all you need to do, if you didn't work for them, if you were not somehow related to the company and helped promote their products initially, I don't think you owe the world that that video of you throwing their stuff away. If you were a representative of the yeah. company, if you were a part, especially if you were a part of making these ads, you definitely, yeah. at, at the very least, you owe society an explanation for the sake of uh, not just their explanation, but your own career. You better figure something out quick. Yeah, uh, one of them, Nicole Kidman, posted yeah. after this scandal happened with her appearance in Balenciaga's campaign, uh, the one that included the court documents, doubling down in support of them, which was insane to see, especially from a woman who is a mother herself. And Kim Kardashian saying she is 
merely reevaluating her partnership with Balenciaga. Here, I see this comment from Candace Owens on Brittany Aldean's post saying, glad to see you aren't, quote, reevaluating your relationship with this trash brand. We will always choose to protect kids, but it's not the same playing field because Brittany Aldean didn't have the same partnership with Balenciaga that she Kim have, had. I looked. I didn't see any type of partnership no, between no. them. Like they she just send exactly free stuff like to the, influencers. Yeah. It's not that deep. So it says uh, this is from TMZ. It says uh, after she announced this, now they're saying sources with direct knowledge of the situation tell us that the design house has presented Kim with an offer to do a 2023 Balenciaga campaign before the controversial child ad went live. We're told that once the ads went public, she made the decision to reject the offer even before releasing the statement. And that to me is crazy because it's like her brain is so like designed around image that she can't just deny it outright because that would make it seem like she was acting rashly. She has to say, I'm reevaluating it because that seems like that's what a business person would say and then reject it later. Yeah, I find it confusing because wouldn't she care about her public image more than yeah. the revenue that comes from a partnership with one designer brand? She could get a partnership with literally any yeah. designer fashion house that she pleases. Like, it's such a flex for me to say no to her. <laughs> just because. Just I mean, yeah, it would. And then start a marketing campaign as the brand that said no to Kim Kardashian. This just seems like another example where it's ideology over profit. Yeah. Or friends in this industry over profit. And to me, because saving your name yeah. is better than saving one business partnership. I guess it's just weird to me because, like, I, I can't think of like every time, uh, like, I've owned an iPhone in the past. Like, when you found out that people were uh, jumping off the roof of Apple like production houses and they had to put nets down to keep people from committing uh, s words. Oh my gosh! Uh, like, remember that? Like, no, I, I don't. Yeah, like that was a thing. Okay, and like people weren't saying like I am taking my iPhone and throwing it out because you know wow. is it because because yeah. as a society, we inherently, we do value children. We, we There is that of instinct of us to, to be protective of children. But it's, to me, it's all very performative when these celebrities do it. It's not the people with something to lose doing this. Now if, now, if it was a person, okay. Now, if some girl who, like, loved Balenciaga before all this stuff happened, saved up for two paychecks to buy some piece of clothing that Balenciaga made that she really wanted, she loved it, she wore it all the time, she finds this out, then she cuts it up, that says more to me than a bunch of rich people who got it for free or are doing it for clout. Maybe yeah. I'm just maybe I'm just being armchair quarterback here, but it like I have to there ask. There are mixed these, yeah. motivations for putting out a post like this. Yeah. Um I, then, I wanna get into the reframing of this whole controversy into demonizing the detractors of Balenciaga as QAnon conspiracy theorists. I, I saw this New York Times piece about the scandal called when high fashion and QAnon collide. Dude, the propaganda is real, dude. Yeah, the it basically reframes this like all of Balenciaga's detractors were Tucker Carlson sycophants and right-wingers and buttoned-up, uptight Christians. Like, as if we still live in the 1990s. <laughs> as if the, like, this is, this is the actual satanic panic. This is the real satanic panic, except for, like, yeah. it's not to do with rock music and Tipper Gore. It's like, it's <laughs> making, making art that pushes people's buttons in the 90s was a lot different than it is today. There's so, very little that you can post these that's days shocking. that's shocking. It's like when we talk about whenever people make, like, pushbacks against, like, 
Catholicism or Christianity. It's like, you're not breaking new ground anymore, dude. Marilyn Manson was a thing a long time ago. Mm -hmm. They called rock music before that devil music. Like, that's not a thing anymore. One point from this article says, the outrage provoked by such moments often seemed to be the whole point. Each only bolstered the reputation of Balenciaga's creative director as a brand that forces consumers to grapple with the very meaning of taste. That is the most... So pretentious. Pretentious high art wannabe bull that I've heard in a very long time. Like it's actually embarrassing that these people think they're provocateurs and not just losers who were social outcasts in high school. Speaking of which, Lada Volkova. (laughs) She was Balenciaga's top designer from 2014 to 2018 and recently as people have been digging into this situation looking at the social media accounts of current and former staff members at Balenciaga her Instagram has come under scrutiny because she has posted a lot of disgusting things on there I briefly mentioned it but we didn't get into the specifics and she recently look like who did you say she looks like Oh, what did I say? I don't remember. Sorry for the for the distraction. Did, I don't know. Yeah. You said she looked like somebody. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember now. I <laughs> really brains. wish I did. Our brains. Um. So she recently responded through a spokesperson saying that she condemns the abuse of children in any form. Lada Volkova has not worked with Balenciaga or its team since 2018, and she has in no way participated in the brand's recent Instagram or advertising campaigns. Sure thing. Okay, you weren't involved with this particular campaign, but that's not to absolve you completely of responsibility for the larger problem people are pointing out of child exploitation or the normalization of sexualizing children in the art world and in the fashion world. She definitely has some blame to share based on what she's posted. Do you think so, it's weird? Do you think it's weird sometimes how like it gets worse there, but society seems to push back? Like, like they used to talk about how like there was the countdown on the screen for like when Lindsay Lohan or the Olsen twins were going to turn eighteen, and that was like considered normal. And now we have a 90s. new one, a new class of those celebrity girls like Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Like, I find it disturbing and then but the but but that's her pushing to like she wants to be seen as an adult but like we as a society are supposed to push back and like look uh we did the same thing with uh when the actress from um dr strange in the multiverse of madness was on the red carpet it's like she does she's not dressing like she's 15 she's dressing like an adult and that's by design Sure, and yeah. and that's there are teams of stylists that strategize that. It would be different if she was doing it on her own, but it's adults that this are This is that completely are this. out yeah. in the open. Yep. The grooming is completely out in the open, and it's our job to respond to it. And that's why I think that framing this as some kind of QAnon conspiracy is so disingenuous. And of course, the New York Times would do that. So this that, one tweet, that scares me that that they like this is the society we live in now. Though that the the left right paradigm is so bolstered in this country that there are people that will end up falling in line that with you even have okay to politicize with, yeah, this yeah. stuff this, it, it's insane and it will work yeah. like, that's the scary part is it will work because people are so polarized and so uh confrontational with one like, another you're just a bunch of fox news mm-hmm. talking heads oh you, you don't, hate art oh you don't like it when kids <laughs> hold bdsm teddy bears why don't you go watch tucker carlson they'll say that's, right that's exactly. gonna be a thing so these tweets responded to that new york times article saying finding the balenciaga 
bad, highly inappropriate, has zero to do with QAnon. Normal people think it's abhorrent, but the New York Times wants everything to be politically motivated. And then a UFC fighter named Jake Shields, uh, he's been going off a lot on Twitter about Lada Volkova, actually. He said, not wanting children abused and sexualized does not make me QAnon. And this is very telling that New York Times sided with the pedos over the children. They always do. It's And as much as you can say, like, oh, it's not that black and white, like, I'm tired of you pointing out the gray areas yeah. when... Only when it involves the people who victimize children. It's funny because one of the things that this is a, a weird aside, I would have liked when Tim, when I first started watching Tim back in like 2017, 2018, I thought he should have had merch that said nuance in all things because that was one of the things I noticed is that you're never allowed to have nuanced takes on stuff going one way, but you're always allowed to going the other way. And it's always done in the vein of an explanation or some type of excuse. It's never actual nuance. It's just an excuse. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who is, like, as libertarian as they get, you draw the line at people that can't defend themselves. And pipelines of rich, famous, extremely powerful people who use massive, multi-layered networks, whether that be missing link media, print media, if we're talking about the New York Times, journalists that are either ideologically inclined or just greedy— and they use them to their ends, and the end result is kids get hurt. Yeah. That's a problem. So I want to uh, go through some of the Instagram posts Lada has put out there. She's since privated her account, and I don't know if we necessarily should show them on screen right oh. now because they're questionable, uh, even just for YouTube standards. Yep. I'll describe some of the screenshotted posts. They... Uh, many of them featured children wearing little clothing. One of them was a little boy shirtless wearing high heels. One of them was a little girl wearing a swimsuit uh, waving at the camera. Even, even that is one of those things. I was watching an old episode of NCIS like last week, and they talk about this thing where t like one of the characters, like his grandma, talks about how Tim used to wear high heels when he was a little kid. And it's, it's played to be like hilarious. Like he's like a, uh, he was like such a dork when he was younger. He was like, they're basically saying back then it was more okay to yeah. make fun of that stuff. And it wasn't seen as like a reason to put your kid through the medical industrial complex. No, but, but I'm saying that that's the slow normalization. Of right. It, right. They're just by bringing it up. I wonder how sure. dangerous it is just to bring it up. Cause they weren't, they, he, like, and that was the, previously exclusively private. Yeah. To yeah. a family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, other posts showed uh, a dead woman's body with entrails all over the ground in a field. You're not edgy. You're yeah, not. Yeah, it's just like so try hard. Like I'm not even saying like, I'm so scandalized. I'm no. saying like, you look dumb. Like you look embarrassing. You look like a poser. You have no actual taste in art. One of the you just want to be shocking like a 14-year-old kid. It's, it's basically an art version of an edgelord. Right, exactly. You know? And uh, similar to this Balenciaga campaign that she supposedly had nothing to do with, she posted a picture of a teddy bear wearing red ropes around its body in a bondage style. Yeah. Uh, another picture featured a bedroom covered in blood and broken glass and bullets. Um, <laughs> she posted people in gimp kind of costumes she posted a woman spread eagle over a pentagram. She posted a child holding a skull. Imagine thinking a pentagram was like edgy in 2022. Right. Like, like, get over yourself. <laughs> Another post was what looks like a prepubescent child 
tied to a chair with tape with a VR headset on uh, com- connected to a laptop with uh, her legs spread apart. This is public on Instagram. Yeah. If you wanted to know, like, the ethical policies of these these big te- platforms. I would love to hear. There's little else e- evidence. I talk a lot about how uh, one of the biggest problems we have is people that are extremely deranged or extremely uh, ideologically inclined or just mentally ill. They have the ability of rationalizing what they're experiencing verbally, which is a problem because when they rationalize it, people who are not a king, like acute to what's going on take that rational explanation as a proper explanation. That is not the same thing. And so if she can give you a rational explanation as to why that child is, what is that supposed to be? Some statement on uh, the uh, effects of like technology? Is that what it's supposed to be? Is it supposed to be like technology chaining us to stuff? I, like, the she thing will is, have like, some I am no like longer that. interested yeah. in the interpretations and the critiques yeah. and the explanations. I'm just sick of it. When you are posing, holding what looks to be prop babies covered in blood. I am not interested in your artistic explanation for doing so. You, I just don't care. This is going to be like a weird aside, but like there was a trend for a long time about Hollywood about evil children. Think like Children of the Corn, stuff like that. There's like a, a, The Shining. Well, yeah. We'll think about like uh, it taps into a primal fear we have uh, a lot of because stuff. it's the most jarring yeah. juxtaposition. Yes, or or think even like um, what's the movie uh, um, where the they have the X's on the back of their necks. Uh, something where it's attacks. But not sure. The the point is is like uh, uh, we, there's these primal fears, right? And these things were probably explored far more effectively back in the day by far more talented artists. But in an age of saturated art markets, social media, where nothing feels unique, anyways, mm-hmm. it just is a breeding ground for just wannabe edge lord right. stuff that's just abhorrent. For the sake of being abhorrent. Yeah, and you might wonder, why is all of this out in the open for anyone to Google search and be shocked by? And this is where Andrew Tate's take comes in. I found it, I mean, surprisingly insightful for someone like Andrew Tate, who lives for the soundbite moment. But he's um, very good. He's another person who's very good at verbalizing yeah. complex ideas in a in a in a way that people can digest. I don't agree with all that he says. Uh, Mary doesn't like him much at all. I kind of I I've only listened. I've I've never sat down and listened to a full interview. I've only listened to the sound bites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that he likes to to. Push- it's just his accent for me that she I is- can't tolerate. But. Here is his uh, answer to the rhetorical question, why do they do this in the open? He said, "Um, I don't think many people understand why a brand like Balenciaga would so openly show the world that they're trying to promote pedophilia. I'll tell them why. Some could argue that they're trying to normalize it. That is what they're trying to do, but it actually goes deeper. Satanists believe in karmic retribution, They believe that they can suffer the consequence of lying and tricking you. So he's contrasting this idea of karmic retribution with the normal idea of justice that most people have. Mm -hmm. He continued, uh, Satanists believe by telling you what they're doing, they don't have any karmic retribution. I'm not responsible for the consequences. I'm not responsible for the negative fallout of my actions. If they understood what I was doing and allowed me to do it. 
This is why they show you and tell you what they're doing. If I show you and tell you that they're pedophiles and you continue to buy their products, then you're supporting pedophilia and you're obviously okay with it. If I do it hidden behind your back, then they can argue and say, I didn't know they were pedophiles, but by showing you, I've shown you I'm a pedophile, However you still much- want to wear the t-shirt, so obviously what I'm doing is okay. This karmic retribution model and the way that Satanists view the world, and when I say Satanists, I genuinely mean people who worship Satan, the people who are in charge of these brands, in charge of the Western world, and in charge of the Matrix, genuinely worship Satan. Satan. When you understand the idea of karmic retribution, you can apply that to so many scenarios. They're doing this with everything. It's not just Balenciaga. So that's one possible explanation for why they seem so shameless and brazen about it. And it's also like, even if, no matter how true it may be, when you give an explanation like this, the average everyday person checks out and they all they think of is is like eight people standing around a pentagram with a perpetually burning flame in hooded cloaks, like and eyes they, wide shut. Yes, they, stuff. not even that. Like they think of like the robes and the cloak, and they think of <laughs> chanting like Vedic chants. They, can, they like, think of CERN, maybe. Yeah, they're not like the average person. You would need to show them some type of actual. Like I get like would that be like uh, Bohemian Grove or something like that? You'd have to show them evidence of these people doing it in practice. Otherwise, it sounds kooky. To a lot of people, to, to a lot of people. Yeah, and I'm I, not saying it is. I'm saying that it's going to sound that way when you call them Satanists because they don't understand what that means. Right. Yeah, and and I don't think that this is necessarily the sole explanation, but I was surprised to see it uh, from Andrew Tate of all people. Just thought I would share that yeah. he he had an interesting two cents to add to the conversation. But overall. Uh, those are your updates. I don't think we're going to get any real explanation well, about keep, what happened other than, you know, placing all of the blame on the photographer and or the this lawsuit house. that they're continuing against the production company they hired. It's Not, all just pointing fingers and lying. When they know full well that they still had final say-so over every exactly. single thing that was published yeah. there. And even if, even if the worst outcome is that they were just ignorant and dumb and bad at their jobs... You're still just dumb, ignorant, and bad at your jobs and allowed this message to get out through your brand and you should be punished. Right, exactly. Let's go to Super Chats. Caper2x said, Happy 81st birthday to the Civil Air Patrol. Howdy, Mary, Brett, and PCC peeps. Hello to everyone in the chat as well. I hope you are all having a fantastic day today. Caper2x also said, I love Tulsa King, negative Goody Morgan. See? See? That's what it is. Guys, you can't have Mary standards because if you got Mary standards, you're go- you're, you're never going to be happy. You're going to always be disappointed. You're going to always be disappointed. Go check out Tulsa King. I just hate everything. She does. Triton54 said, first time Super Chat wanted to see your guns. Yay is over on Infowars committing political suicide. I like we we thought ah. about talking. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow it's a as lot. more information comes out. Like we're gonna have to dance around a lot of language in that one. Mm-hmm. Like and like the whole like the picture itself of him with the it's just it's ridiculous looking mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where when we like just the fact that we met him like not that long ago and it like I, I got to shake his hand and now it's like what the 
Now he's well, on a world tour. He's like doing all this. It's just, it's bonkers, yeah. man. Takti Plati said, Big Avocado is behind Spotify and Balenciaga. Oh, did you Why guys Spotify? see? Did you guys see that uh, Morgan Wallen is in trouble for people liking his music because they're like, because he, he said the N-word like uh, a couple years ago and got caught on camera. And even though like a bunch of rappers have like forgiven him and like worked with him since then, I think Lil Durk or whoever it was worked mm-hmm. with him. Like they're like, no, he's cool. He's good. Like he made a mistake. Other people, because they have no lives and they're miserable, are like, you're... So what you're saying is, like, the third most played artist in the world is loved by everyone that's racist. I can't help but think that the hate for country artists and country fans is, like, just a form of classism or, like, baseless hatred against the south and people yeah. who live there it's kind of annoying and like trite i like it when they when they're like people are like uh they make fun of like all oh, the songs are the same i'm like all the songs in every genre are the not every genre but you know like yeah. if you listen to a rap song a lot of the themes are the same if you listen to a country song a lot of the themes are the same that does not cars make it trucks bad. girls beer yeah and there's uh, nothing wrong and then at, over on rap songs it's, it's drugs violence women. strippers yes blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's the it's because my, my mom loved country music. My mom loved country music. Uh, and my dad was more of a rock and roll guy. So I had a, lot, you know, a good mix of both of that in the household. So I, I, I just laugh because I'm not the biggest country fan these days. Not mm-hmm. really. Maybe some older stuff. But but if you think about it, like they kind of, uh, both genres kind of come from the same yeah. geographical yeah. area. It does feel classist in a way. It is, yeah. <laughs> Not Alan Rogers said Lada Volkova. Is she a Bond girl? She uh, certainly sounds like one. It's it sounds like uh, definitely sounds like a Bond girl name. <laughs> Johnny Derp said, "Show us on the bear where the bears hurt you." Seriously, where the show Balenciaga us hurt show you. us on the cocaine bear where the cocaine bear guys snorted the cocaine. Guys, go watch the cocaine. Not right now. Wait till the show is over. Go open it in watch a different tab. The cocaine bear trailer. I'm telling you right now, Elizabeth Banks. She is out to make up for that horrible Charlie's Angels movie. She's like, guys, I know Pitch Perfect wasn't great. I know that Charlie's Angels movie was awful. Here's Cocaine Bear. And it's the trailer's freaking awesome. It's got Margot Martindale as like the world's most out of shape park ranger you've ever seen in your entire life. It's got Ray and Liotta. It's got Ray R. Liotta R. before he passed away. The trailer, it's fun. And I, I made an Instagram post and I don't always make like, I post a lot about the show, but I'm like, look, less movies about social justice and emotional messages, more movies about coked up bears killing people will be a lot funnier. Please. It's, it's hilarious. BMF Nate Dog said she looks like Gwen Stefani on on crack. Crank, worse than crack. Uh, uh, Yeah, Um, I thought she looked like uh, like like uh, drugged out Drew Barrymore in that a little bit. You think? I thought she kind of did. Maybe like Julia Garner. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember who I compared her to before we started the show, though. I'm gonna, in fact, I'm gonna go back to the screen. We're gonna, we'll, we'll take a look really quick and see if uh, I see, (laughs) I see drugged out Drew Barrymore. That could just with be bleached hair. Mm. That could just be me. I don't know. Yeah. By <laughs> the way, she was pictured with uh, people like Kanye, Justin Bieber. Like, yeah. she's a very high profile person. I wonder how much of that is like. If you're a celebrity, though, like if you're Justin Bieber, do you know who she is, or do you just interact with that person? Like, imagine no, you're no, at, like, likely a, not. Yeah, uh, it's just like the circles she runs in. Yeah. she's very powerful. Yeah. High Voltage seventy five said, "Haven't caught a full stream in a while because of work, but I just wanted to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. That's wow. a lot of pressure. I'm. We will rise. Thanks. We will rise to the occasion. It's, it's our. Well, I mean." It, 
we're counting on us to what? Like entertain you? Because that's what we want to do. We're trying. We want to uh, bring joy to people's lives. Waffles Sensei said, normal people don't know anything about Valenciaga. Normal people hear every day about QAnon and Tucker. The point is to get them to brush it off and not listen to you. Very deliberate. Yeah. I, I mean, that is like the QAnon thing is it's 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 synonymous with the term conspiracy theorist, which is a brilliantly easy way of basically brushing off anyone's idea as bad. Yeah. I hate that term in the first place. It's, it's like I remember somebody said that once when uh, somebody made a joke a long time ago about how somebody who had died from drinking too much water. And somebody goes, that's a conspiracy theory. He's like, no, that literally has happened. Like, sounds like a conspiracy theory. Like, just because it sounds ridiculous doesn't mean it's a conspiracy theory. And there are conspiracies that exist. Exactly. And there are theories that are true. All right, let's hold off and then we will we will yeah. move on. So, all right, guys. So now that we've had the, we've gotten the rough, uh, really, really difficult to talk about stuff out of the way first. Yeah. I, I hate stuff like that. Uh, James Cameron is here to let us all know that uh, he is a beta male, uh, an extreme beta male. <laughs> Uh, so it says, James Cameron calls testosterone poison. He says, get it out of your system. Guys, don't listen to Hollywood weirdos. They're they're just weird. So he, he was asked to contemplate his past in the industry. And he, he said, a lot of things I did earlier, I wouldn't do career-wise and just risks that you take as a wild testosterone poisoned young man. I'm sorry, but I don't buy him as high testosterone anytime like i'm gonna need to see video evidence of him doing something masculine like i'm if, if i don't if there's no video of him cutting down a tree i'm not buying it. he said i always think of testosterone as a toxin uh. that you have to slowly work out of your system this he said to the hollywood reporter it's interesting because I think I have a different take than you than that he's just like beta. No, I, I think that uh, I think that this is that what he's not talking about is that he is the actual toxic masculinity. The really, really scrawny guys who abuse the power they have, not uh, not actually protecting people, you know, like they're not protecting the women and the children. They're abusing the women and children on set. They're talking down to people. They're being rude for the sake of being rude because it gives them a power mm-hmm. trip. That's the actual toxic masculinity. It has the vibes of like roid rage, <laughs> okay. which which like taking steroids is known to actually lower your testosterone levels. Yeah. I know James Cameron was talking metaphorically. Yeah. But it, it lowers your testosterone levels and essentially makes you more emotional like a, a dysregulated woman would be, but with the insane strength that steroids allow you to have. Yeah. So you're just like dangerous. You're basically cocaine bear. Yeah. Well, so it's there's like nothing wrong with being cocaine bear. Being, you leave cocaine bear alone. Being aggressive is not uh, masculine. And I hate that toxic masculinity is referring to something that couldn't be further from authentic masculinity. I mean, aggressive, not in all contexts. I I mean, I I disagree Mm -hmm. that uh, there are times in life when being aggressive actually matters. Well, sure, if it's if it's warranted. But I'm talking about what you said, like just needlessly throwing your power around well, I'm thinking of in jo- an insecure way. I'm thinking of Joss Whedon or David O. Russell. Yes. Like the, the ones who just abuse people on the sets. Yeah. All for the sake of their art piece. What is less masculine than that? Literally yeah. nothing. Like, it's pathetic. But they're, they are the ones who actually promulgate the concept of toxic masculinity. Because they're compensating for yeah. their insecurity that, again, comes from being like uncool theater kids in high school. The Daily Wire should do like a series of like where they do like, have you ever seen like the Babylon Bee stuff where they do like uh, Californians move to Texas? Mm-hmm. Like they need to do a series with Gina Carano of like 
beta directors trying to push her around and she just beats him up. Like, <laughs> well, that's the point we're getting to, yeah. right? I mean, she is like there's she the is actual, a fighter. She's the so. actual strong independent women. Like, yeah, that's why we love her. <laughs> uh, but by the way, I, I was watching Fast and Furious six the other day when I was re uh, brushing up to get ready for when Hannah Claire eventually watches yeah. four, five, and six. And yes, Gina Carano's fantastic in that. I wanted to point out how ironic this comment is coming from James Cameron just because he seems to still be taking these arrogant risks and getting in people's faces, being aggressive, using aggressive language at people. We just talked about him cursing out a Fox executive to get the F out of my office just because he said that he wanted to reduce the runtime of yeah. Avatar. A $2 billion risk on a movie. That's, I feel like that's studio-enabled yeah. toxic masculinity. Remember, they, <laughs> they a lot of times claim that one of the, that one of the most uh, important traits of, uh, of masculinity is like that they're more prone to risk-taking. Like yeah. when, we, when they talk about the gender wage gap, they talk about it in the context of like the reason that men get higher wages a lot of the time is because they're willing to just aggressively ask for more money and walk away even if it's not the optimal decision to do because it's in their nature to push yeah. like he he's literally like uh he's still doing it he's just it's going to cost everyone else money it's not going to it's not going to cost well him any yet money. to be seen how that goes for him but yeah. i mean the marketing around avatar 2 right now is strangely condescending in a way that i really I'm, kind of don't like where are you seeing are you seeing any like of, i see it on ads i see some ads on on websites it's it's the headlines that are trying to create some kind of cult of personality around james cameron like like this one says, James Cameron doesn't care what you think of Avatar 2. He knows you'll watch it. Here's another oh one. My, James Cameron believes he's the only person on Earth capable of directing an Avatar movie. Okay, this this feels like, uh, <laughs> you know what this feels like? It feels like the type of like stuff that they were running when Joe Biden was like they're like put him in the aviators he's cool if he's wearing aviators yeah just like he, extremely tone deaf he won't look 89 gazillion years old if he's got aviators on like that's what this feels like to me like he's mm-hmm. not uh like an old out of touch dude who hasn't really yeah. made a, a movie that people liked in a long time he's he's cool like, he doesn't care if he he's like i'm gonna make this movie that no one will watch i don't care how much it costs disney like, yeah. I, like James Cameron, you still have white hair and refuse to retire because you're addicted to working, okay? And then now he has this comment toward anyone saying that Avatar didn't have uh, the cultural impact he wanted it to have. He said, there's skepticism uh, in the marketplace around, oh, did it ever make any real cultural impact? Can anybody even remember the characters' names? When you have extraordinary excess, uh, success, you can come back within the next three years that's just how the industry works you come back to the well and you build that cultural impact over time marvel had maybe 26 movies to build out a universe with the characters cross-pollinating so it's an irrelevant argument we'll see what happens after this film he is like kind of obsessed with competing with marvel that that, honestly that response doesn't bother me too much like if i'm him that's the only response you can actually give in that situation like what's he actually supposed to say i think that he's a little bit uh he feels a little threatened by the the contender that is the mcu right now he feels like because he is the sole uh, creative genius behind Avatar and that he has this, as he called it, a private streaming service inside his mind when mm. he dreams at night, that he is like the sole person standing up against the Marvel machine. And, 
I mean, it would be better not to comment on it at all and let your sequel stand for itself on its own merits. I also want to, uh, I want to, and I want to go back to a little bit of what this says here. It says he yeah. claims that this newer, calmer version of himself is a result of purging testosterone from his system, though he likely doesn't mean the literal hormone so much as the cultural standard of masculinity, which breeds these toxic interactions. It reminds me of, I, I've mentioned this before, that there was an article, I believe when... The Eternals was coming out. They were all of the actors were doing their press tours, uh, lauding the movie. Oh my God, it's going to be a masterpiece. Uh, and Kamel Nanjiani did one because he got in really good shape for the movie. And he's kind of, a, he was always kind of a scrawny dude, Silicon yeah. Valley. Uh, he, really great on the X Files podcast, The X Files Files. This was his best work. But um, he got in like really good shape for the movie. And he had like a thing in Men's Health, I think it was, where he talks about, he doesn't talk about toxic masculinity. He lowers it. He's like, we need to change traditional masculinity. So it's not so much even toxic masculinity anymore. Any type of masculinity is bad because we're in a culture now that wants women, they, they want, first of all, they want men to not act like men. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to purge that instinct, like he says here, yet somehow we, we hold up women in movies as the male superhero cultural ideal, meaning they save the day, they take action, they're the ones that are decisive and push forth uh, all of the decisions. Just watch the peach in, in the recent Mario Brothers trailer. That, that, that might be a bit of a stretch. I mean, but, it, it might be a stretch, but we but, might watch the Mario, yeah, Mario yeah. movie and figure out that they did write it as a girl boss script. I feel I that know. Hollywood, one of the reasons they're so confused they're so hell-bent on subverting whatever the traditional norm is that they don't actually ever have any solid footing underneath them so they're just kind of lost all the time when all you have in your life is to just do whatever everyone else isn't doing or at least what you think society isn't doing you're going to be kind of like i just feel like that's an empty way to live like, I wouldn't want that. Like, like a lot of times when these movies do succeed, when people watched Reacher and people reached out to me, like, after the watching it, men and women who are like, it was good to see a, like, a, like, alpha male, a tall, handsome, muscular dude act like a dude, make decisions, be smart, uh, get the girl, do this and that. Yeah. That hits at the primal core of both men because they want to be like the guy and women because they want to be with the guy. They want to be saved by that the guy. type of... Uh, like viewing that archetype shouldn't be shocking or no, but it is now. Yeah, like or it, ra- as rare as it is, because like Hollywood's expectation for men these days is that you look like the Ken doll and you act like Barbie. Yeah, yeah. basically, like R- Ryan Gosling let- in, in the Barbie movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm also curious about about that movie and. and the commentary they might slip in there. Greta but. Gerwig was saying recently, she's like, she thought that it was like, it was so a, a puff piece. She's like, I thought that doing the Barbie movie would end my career. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. In 20, I hate comments it, like that. It's like the, the ones that are just designed, like it's like literally, it's like safe fluff piece statement, please. <laughs> like, so I also want to point out guys that uh, if you want to talk about um, misleading and propagandistic uh, marketing, this is the, the key. Avatar 2 opening weekend box office projected to nearly double the original. The problem here is, is he's already said that this movie needs to make $2 billion to break even. But what did the original mm-hmm. Avatar open to? Well, $77 million, which means it's going to open to about 140 Well, I'm pretty sure this was difficult to decipher. Did he mean $2 billion for all of the next Avatar movies combined? We never got an answer to that, but everyone that covered it, like us, 
took him at his word that what he said was that this movie needs to make $2 billion. Yeah. Maybe he means that the, the next two need to make $2 billion, but that's not what he said. So I took, I, I take him for what he says. So yeah. like, uh, isn't the hope to, I mean, generally the hope these days, if yeah. your movie is a hit, you reach a billion, like yeah. that's your certified uh, reassurance that this was a project worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, depending on the budget for it, like uh, if it's, if it's a budget like this, then certainly. Yeah. And, and this is the type of thing like, right. The, the first movie didn't make the money that it made right off the bat. It made it because people kept going back to watch it again because they were thrilled by 3d and it was a novelty at the time mm -hmm. there is no such draw for that anymore right. and i don't know if he's got uh, I, I don't know if maybe all of the testosterone has uh had him write checks that his mouth can't cash uh per se but i i feel like they're headed for a little bit of a, a slump here then it will be interesting to see how does the toxically masculine james cameron respond to the movie not doing well does he tuck his tail uh, his tail between his legs and slink away? Or does he say, look, I made a bet on this. The bet didn't work out. And I take responsibility for that not working out. He's happy to take all the credit if it does. Yeah. But none of these people ever take credit when it doesn't. Have you ever noticed that? They never are like, look, we miscalculated. Well, yeah, it's going to be interesting because he doesn't have an obvious fallback, uh, like, oh, the audience is uh, racist against blue people. Bluest. <laughs> bluest. They're definitely, they're, they're, they're bluest. There, there's no obvious excuse to blame the audience. He's like the Blue's Clues movie. He might just be good. like, okay, I retire. Bye. Yeah. Bye forever. I would have infinitely more respect for these production companies. It's, it goes to the core of our being too, right? We like it when people can humble themselves. Like... If if so if a studio comes through and with brash we're gonna make this great movie it's gonna be awesome I respect the hustle of you promoting it the way you do and putting all this effort into it and, and trying to build it up to be something that maybe it doesn't actually reach the heights of but I have even more respect for you if you're like look we thought this was gonna do well clearly some way uh, somewhere along the lines we made a misstep it didn't connect with the audience in the way that we thought it would we will go back to the drawing board and try to do better next time that's literally all you have to say and you can say that every single time a movie doesn't do well you don't owe anyone an explanation more than look we may we miscalculated we'll try to do better you might lose some trust over time but you're not going to lose nearly as much trust as you do when you don't take responsibility and you blame other people for it mm -hmm. life's better with american family insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind save up to 25 percent by bundling home auto and life American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. That's like, it feel, people seem to be all too willing to forgive and forget anyways. Like, whether we like it or not, we're still technically part of the problem. We still go see Disney movies. We still go see all of these movies and then talk about them here. The, uh, we're, I don't think we are part of the problem if we're trying to analyze them and... Maybe I'm part of the problem because I tell everyone everything's like, just kind of okay. Mary's the solution because she's like, don't go see this. It's garbage. And she, so she, she saves the audience. Like, well, we, I mean, we say it a lot, but like yeah. sometimes we review things so that the audience yeah. doesn't have to watch yeah. them. Uh, she, she, she puts our feelings forward so that, uh, and then if other people can interpret it that way. Yeah. yeah maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe <laughs> you're part of the solution. I'm part of the problem because I'm always like, yeah, yeah, it was fine. So uh, we will see James Cameron, but uh, I disagree with him. Tell. 
that uh, you're you're just dorky and kind of uh, a weirdo beta Hollywood male, and you just you don't actually probably hasn't actually experienced or been around any type Damn. of uh, positive traditional masculinity in like 30 years. Yeah, that's what like, I always say. It's yeah. like all of these celebrity females in Hollywood yeah. hate men because the men in Hollywood are, are abhorrent. <laughs> when, uh, when that's all their the only experience of men are like the worst possible men you could interact with. When Harvey Weinstein and Danny Masterson are your examples of masculinity, yeah. you're not out to, you're not going to have good examples. Like, you're damn, gonna... I'd be a misandrist too. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Let's go to Super right. Chats. Potatoes for Seamus said, Brett and Mary make my day even on the tough ones oh That's buddy sweet. are you having a tough one today if so i hope it gets better bad app said get michael malice on he's my favorite tim guest anarchy also do you think yay planned the walkout it's impossible look, to know. Look, that's it's impossible to know. People were wondering what they meant by the... I, I don't know how deep Tim went into this about the, the private plane thing. You don't just have a private plane sitting around and waiting. Like, if it wasn't... And it wasn't the one that they had initially had uh, scheduled for them to take the next day. If they were able to get a, a plane on that short a notice, that is a little bit suspect. But I don't know. Like, I don't know. Uh, I know that it seemed uh, weird and the whole vibe was off, but there's a million things that could lead to something like that. And people are genuinely, uh, generally unknowable. So outside of somebody admitting that they did, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like it's worth it for me and you to, yeah. for us to speculate. Honestly, so. the day after it felt like everyone just kind of forgot about it ever happening. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like well, it's because it's irrelevant now. Like it happened. People, people watched when we talked about it on here, but then like when I posted the segment of it, nobody Nobody watched. Yeah, like it is what it is. Yeah. Like I, I'm glad I got to meet him and shake his hand. I would have liked to have thanked him for uh, a lot of his music. He's made a lot of music that matters a lot to me. So like I can love his work without liking what he's talking about right now, or liking a lot of the things that he's saying, or or even just the the way he's going about it. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Waffle Sensei said, "Dang it, Mary, that's my favorite point to make. Country music and rap are the same." Women, possessions, and drugs. Well, well, I haven't seen country music talk about drugs. He means but... alcohol. Oh, so Al like beer is beer, a drug? Like, well, it, it's. I an, mean, I guess if we're getting technical about it, it is just legal. Uh, and to be uh, look, oh, I speak from experience. Uh, go to go to rehab for the. Uh, People going through alcohol withdrawal way worse than most of them outside oh, fair of enough. outside of uh, outside of benzos alcohol <laughs> withdrawal. From what I understand, that's not what I was in there for. But alcohol withdrawal is supposed to be amongst the worst, and to me, the hardest to really kick because it's one thing to like if you can get off drugs and just uh, get away from the bad influences in your life, whether it's the people you used to do them with or the people you bought them from, if you can really turn your life around and do that, you can cut off access to it as you work on your discipline. If you get sober from alcohol, there's still a liquor store in every counter, uh, on every corner. Mm -hmm. And that can't be easy for the people that are really drawn to that. Sure. So. Brewmaster Monk said, where is the proof of this dis... Or of this belief in karmic retribution among cultists. It's really about creating righteous anger and justified violence Violence in normies. Um, I don't, is that like, I, I mean, one thing is that Andrew Tate, he's, he's so well-spoken that he can say a lot of things and you just kind of like, he's like any fast talker. You just, if you say it with enough confidence, you just accept it as true. Like, I, I don't why, know. Why would they want us mm. to get angry if they wanted us to be complicit that's that's yeah. my dissonance there wayward soul said uh re-enters cockpit 
I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. This is a lot of pressure, and I don't know if I can do it. I, I'm, <gasps> now I, we need to play Danger Zone and, and watch Top Gun. <laughs> can we? Oh, that's, uh, oh, oh, that's coming back out in theaters. What we would your... Um, what would your what were they called like their nicknames be? Like, if we had uh, what, uh, what, what were they called uh, in in the movie? Yeah, well, he's like, Maverick. Well, uh, what your whatever your nickname is like hasn't there's a name for that? Hmm, I don't know. You'd be Ghost Girl. You're, you'd be Ghost Girl. Probably. You'd be, I don't know. Or just ghosts. Uh, can I be Normie? I'm gonna be Normie. normie? <laughs> I wanna be normie. I'm <laughs> normie. I'm the Normie. I'm the I'm the people. When 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 Cass Castle first started going like was first on, people would call me like H and M. Because of my clothes, really? Like <laughs> uh, because of like the uh, no, you would be spicy Latinx. Ah, Where did those comments ever go? By yeah, the way, I thought I was the spicy. Latinx. We used to get so many comments calling Brett the spicy Latinx. But everyone would make fun of me for my, you know, the long. Uh, I have the long shirts, the yeah. uh, the long line cut, the hem cut T shirt that people make fun of, and I'm Is like, that specific to H and M. No, no, it's not. But that's it, I'm sure they, they. It seems like it's something that they. Would, I don't get them from H and M, but yeah. <laughs> Francisco Sanchez Jr. said to the dynamic duo, Brett, the memory king, marry the stylish executioner. Okay, I can be memory king. You can be stylish executioner. Yeah, that's what he said. There we go. Easy. Um, Why am I the memory king? Well, because you have a trivial knowledge of literally everything in movies. It's the worst part and too, TV shows because a lot of times it's like the, the there's days where it feels like no like I can't remember anything like there's a name like on the on the tip of my tongue and it just it's in there well, somewhere it's though. in there somewhere yeah not Alan Rogers said Terminator two and Aliens peak masculinity See? yeah especially Terminator like yeah uh, maybe his best content was during that phase of his life that's yeah maybe if you had more uh, more. Uh, uh, Arnold, more Robert Patrick, and less Avatar Blue people, you'd be better off. Mm-hmm. Even Terminator Three had uh, what's her name? The the girl that had the the female Terminator. Uh, I mean, nobody likes that movie, but uh, I don't Chris, that. It's, the actress's name is Christiana Loken or Locken okay. or Christina Loken. Mm. BMF Nate Dog said Chet and James Cameron should debate this topic. Oh yes, God. Chet, because Chet is the ultimate example of. The Look, alpha male. I love me some Chet. We should bring back Chet formations once in a while. Maybe we bring back Chet formations on Fridays. Chet formation Friday. We'll, we'll think about we'll it. We'll think about it. Hey, hey, people, people were giving us crap. some crap was, about that. But he's out driving his Lamborghini. He loves he's just his, living his he's life. He's living his man. life. Good dude. Wyatt Caldenberg said... Uh, Mary, you're right about classism in art criticism. Western writer Luis Lamour is still one of the best-selling authors in the world. Elitists belittle his work because common people read him. And they and they do the same thing with... Look, Hollywood is built to make fun of uh, flyover states. The, all you have to look is any TV show that talks about uh, any police procedural or show that travels to like small states. The li- ridiculous way they portray them is always like the accents are always way over the top. Now I understand you sometimes have to over exaggerate for effect, but they're it's always they're always backwards. They're always still they're still racist and sexist and oh my god! I remember there was an episode of Blue Bloods where they talk about how like people in New Jersey as a, and they're like, look at they've never seen a black person before. I'm like or, or like or like Iowa or something like that. I'm like it's 2012, not 1950. What are you talking about? Like. I hate that stuff because mm-hmm. 
it's there when they don't do it with any nuance. I can feel the elitist Hollywood ivory tower writer writing this like, <laughs> like they probably came from it. They probably raised there, hated it, got out of there and now trash it because they didn't like it. Everyone there's bad. Or it's the same type of writers that praise a play like Downstate. Yes. By the way, sympathizing with predators. The only video we've had recently out of all, think of all the Balenciagas. That's the only thing we've done recently that got ad, got not demonetized, but limited ad suitability. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Let's, do one, let's said, do one more and then we'll, uh, we'll sure. move on. Carnell said, Brett, please tell us after reading this article on James Cameron, you're now going to watch 1994's action testosterone toxic masculinity manly classic of True a movie, Lies. True Lies. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Air Force One. In fact, uh, and Con Air. We'll probably watch all of them. <laughs> This weekend, I go through phases like that where I watch old, like I watch the Transporter series all in one weekend again recently because it's just like it's hilarious how like unabashedly hyper masculine it is in a lot of ways because it's like it's Jason Statham. He blows stuff up. He walks away as he's blowing stuff up. There's a woman. Why is she wearing lingerie while shooting guns in a doctor's office? I have no idea. It's awesome, though. That's the it's the the 90s and the 2000s were great. Stuff Perfectly was awesome superficial. Perfect. Well, I love it. I love yeah. it. All right, guys, we're going to move on. So uh, now that we're done with James Cameron, Ollie London. We have talked about yeah. Ollie London before. Well, uh, the initial statement was before. What was it? What did when we talked about it before? We talked about Ollie London, I believe, in the context of his uh, transition uh, from being transracial Korean to back to a British man. But uh, firstly, like this fits into a larger conversation about celebrity plastic surgery culture. Woo! Thank you. Thank you guys. Um, I stumbled upon this Forbes article that says ending the stigma. Celebrities are becoming more outspoken about plastic surgery. And it says that, uh, there are so many examples of celebrities regretting their procedures. So firstly, Bella Hadid admitted to having a rhinoplasty Wait. when she was 14 years old. First of all, that's insane. But second yeah. of all, uh, is, it, is it that they regret having the procedures or that they regret not being honest about it? That was um, what I got from one of them. Some of them, yeah, some of them regret their procedures. Bella Hadid said that she regrets her rhinoplasty. It's insane to me that it's even legal to do a procedure like that on someone so young. 14 years old is way too young to consent, consent to a change like that. They did, a, they did an episode of the show Everwood that I keep talking about. Like, I love my, uh, I love my teen dramas, too. They did an episode where the main character of the show is that he's a doctor. He's got a patient in there who got, she gets breast implants at 17 because her mom yeah. like, lets her do it. And that was a big, like in 2004. Crazy. And it's really funny to watch all of the, like the main doctor, the main host of that show. Joe is like a kind of a you know he's a he's a New York liberal and the small town doctor that was there before him they have a really fun dynamic where like the one is very cantankerous and rude but he's got like but he's they're buds they're they're mm -hmm. still buds he's more conservative and they go back and forth and they kind of accept that their issues are different and they have a really funny back and forth about the legalization of marijuana where the conservative doctors we've got pills for that and like now thinking about where we're at 20 years from now like the opiate epidemic being yeah. what it is like he was totally wrong but <laughs> they're on this, they go back and forth on this about like is it right for a 17 year old to get plastic surgery they mm -hmm. were talking about it more about what it does for your they weren't talking about necessarily the physical repercussions they were talking about psychologically what does it do to someone at 17 right. to start telling them when they're 17 
you should change how you look because you haven't even been giving yourself enough time to mature into who you're supposed to be as an adult to grow comfortable with yourself. And it's absolutely wild that the conversation in the 2000s about a 17-year-old getting breast implants is the precursor to the current conversation about whether someone even younger than 17 should be able to consent to a double mastectomy. Like, it's insane that those two things have been represented in media and... We've shifted so quickly. But um, these other examples, for instance, uh, Kylie Jenner, at first she denied that she got lip fillers, That's which was. is was, an uh, insane lie uh, because it's so obvious. I never got she said, lip fillers. Yeah. She said she regrets not being upfront about it in the first place. And then eventually she got them dissolved. Um, you can do that. Yeah, you can. It doesn't totally go back to normal because you did stretch out the skin. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, you can dissolve. Filler. Does that make it worse then? Because then it's like stretched out but not full. Yeah, Ooh. it's it's deforming. And then there's this other uh, model named Linda Evangelista, who uh, I believe we might have talked about before. She has come out talking about how she has been botched by a cool cool sculpting procedure uh, that she says left her brutally deformed um she's been vocal about the permanent consequences of plastic surgeries that are sold to people as products and when i see a doctor like the one quoted here who is experienced in doing the so-called facial feminization surgeries is that like what happened for ali london yeah okay i can't trust when they say they consult their patients and figure out whether those patients are in a right state of mind to get those surgeries, your ultimate interest is lining your pockets. So he said, uh, constantly being in front of a camera and having to perform for a huge audience can be extremely demanding. Are we talking about Ollie London now? We're not talking about Ollie London yet, right? No, okay. I was just we're, going we're into going, the context. Okay. Right. He said, more importantly in this line of work, confidence levels are key to performance. These procedures are more often than not an attempt by these stars to boost their confidence levels, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with someone getting what they need to make their jobs what? easier. So what? it just what? seems extremely manipulative, especially coming from somebody who performs procedures on people with gender dysphoria. Yeah. That's where I draw the line. Look, look, I don't have a problem with them, with adults doing this to themselves if they want to. I I, I would hope that uh, outside of like if something happens, like if something happened to uh, change what you look like before, that makes sense to mm-hmm. me a lot of times. And I don't have a problem. Like if you have low self-esteem and you want to do this, it's not my place to tell you. I, I don't know if that's necessarily the way to do it, but... I well, can't tell you not to. But also your your point of view on this is exactly yeah. like the imbalance I'm pointing out is that the stigma around getting cosmetic plastic surgery proce- procedures, invasive or non-invasive, is continually declining. Yeah, yeah. While the stigma around reversing those procedures, especially in the context of gender transition and detransitioning, is going up. So like Ollie London. For instance, he's a social media influencer who previously identified as a woman but is a biological male. He has announced that he is detransitioning. He is not going through with certain procedures that he thought that he wanted before because he realized that he actually needed to confront some identity issues within himself. He's been going on a bit of a media press tour that we've talked about before kind of going it for the anti-woke angle, which I find 
kind of inauthentic. Oh, it's I, it's the I I'm, don't trust everything he says. I'm yeah. just saying like this is a story that a lot of people need to tell, and he's only one of them. Anti wokeness to me comes off most of the time comes off extremely yeah. vapid and surface level. Now it's just to me. like. Someone like Ollie London is getting all of the attention yeah. in this subject because he has made so much content about just a self-destructive level of obsession with K-pop stars. But this comes He's later. He's obsessed with like looking like Jimin from BTS or Rosé from Blackpink specifically. But, um, but this is later on. Like he he's made these uh, ideological changes. Yeah, those line. ideological think- changes happened after he announced the detransition. It's not like a Blair White who goes through uh, what she went through while maintaining pretty consistent political and social beliefs through the line, right? Like mm-hmm. throughout like Blair Yeah, White this is a- like a very stark contrast. Like very uh swift change in opinions yeah. for Ollie London. Which is why I find Blair White to be so engaging, right? That she's uh, been able to, like, it can't be easy to live that life, to be that person in the circle that you're in. Because whether people want to admit it or not, both sides are vicious against people that don't conform to what they want. Like, I do believe that. Like, uh, as much as I believe that there's more logic and there's a lot more acceptance uh, culturally on what we would consider now the right, uh, it's not like you're not going to still get attacked. Uh, in certain circles because especially yeah. whether it's whether it's for religious purposes there are you know I still get messages sometimes where like people like I made like a joke about something to do with like, somebody took a con a clip I made about like Tipper Gore and, and uh, <laughs> the satanic panic out of context and they're like oh it's still a problem and then they like proselytize to me for like a page and I'm like dude like you, you care you don't need to do that right now but I'm saying like it can't be easy to do that this feels like for Blair White it was actually part of who she is. So she's being philosophically and ideologically consistent. I have questions about somebody like Ollie London making that change so quickly and so publicly. And not, any... not just the change in identity in how he identifies, but also politically. No, that's what I'm, and, I'm more interested in that. Yeah. Like, so here is Ollie London's comment about the reaction to this detransitioning that he's going through. I've been bombarded with abuse for the last few weeks since sharing my transition story, originally on Fox News and Entertainment News. The abuse I received has been awful. I describe certain elements of the trans lobby as a cult. He said, they celebrate you becoming trans and try to push you and persuade you to transition and give you positive reinforcement that you're a great person. However, when you decide to leave the cult, they vilify you, cast you aside, hurl abuse and death threats in an effort to silence you. That is absolutely straight out of the cult playbook. Yeah, and Uh, that's that's absolutely... I I totally believe that they're doing that. And it's, it's insane that... This is the reaction when someone wants to reverse a gender transition. But when you when Kylie Jenner reverses her, you know, lip filler injections, everyone's like, you go, queen. Well, one is one is related to uh, radical gender theory and one is not. Yeah. And that one. Here's what it is like to me. Is it a cult? I think it's uh, it's absolutely become a severe, virulent social contagion. 
And I believe that there are plenty of people that uh, are legitimately what I mean, I think you disagree with me. I believe there are people that consider themselves trans and do not uh, are not bad actors that feel that they were born in the wrong body. Whether we want to talk about what that means, who they are. Is it uh, is it a case of a mental illness? Is it a case of it's just what it is? I don't know enough about it, but I do believe there are some good actors, but I believe the majority of the social contagion at the top of that pyramid are the cultist ideologically enforced uh, extremists who want to use sure. uh, he- like harsh language threats and for you know they woo you in with oh my god come to our group join us you're just like us we love it here like we are so proud of you you're 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 coming into your truth remember they love that term your truth mm-hmm. and then when you when you back out or you don't agree with them and i believe that all political classes and ideological groups do this without exception when you go out of it the worst of the worst will call you awful I'm not saying that that's that it's any worse or better on any side, but there's always going to be those members of every group that are not going to take it well because they feel so strongly about their cause that any pushback is bad is bad press for them. Right. And in Ollie London's case specifically, I notice that he's a bit of an expert troll and attention yeah. seeker on the internet, which is unfortunate considering that he's starting a conversation that a lot of uh, a lot more reasonable people have started and not gotten the same response. I mean, he he teased a presidential bid on Twitter saying, "As a politician, I'll stand up for women and children and protect freedom of speech. The world has so much division and we need unity. Children need to be protected from harmful ideologies and women need to be respected and not silenced." I will fight against woke culture. It just feels like that was like he literally like wrote down yeah. all the talking points and he's like, I will fight again. Like, did he mention Drag Queen Story Hour? He should have mentioned Drag Queen Story Hour. Oh, I'm Hour. sure he has somewhere uh, on this press tour. But here's the thing. We, maybe, maybe Ollie London isn't the hero we deserve, <laughs> but he's the hero. <laughs> like, like if somebody can stop the Drag Queen Story Hours and, and stop like uh, abusing our kids, if it has to be Ollie London, maybe that's the, the movie will be made one day. It's like, it's not the hero you thought you were going to get but that's who ends up saving the day i don't know who am i to know the whole world is insane donald trump was the president and uh you know things are nuts who knows but like best of luck to you ollie london and don't listen to the haters (laughs) let's go to super chats do it bad up said so is kim kardashian a disney villain or disney princess now that disney owns hulu maleficent (laughs) also i rode splash mountain last night before it gets canceled it's gonna get canceled i thought they were just reworking it so that it would be themed after um uh princess and the frog yeah princess and the frog yep I don't know. Are they going to get canceled? I don't Probably. know. Jared Little said, did you all already talk about Ye recently saying that he likes blank on Alex <sighs> Jones' show? It's a, uh, well, that's a, um evil World War II mustache man. Yeah. Mustache um, guy? Mustache man from World War II. We have not talked about that yet until now. I mean, we can talk about it. Like, I was like, I, I just I mean, there's not much to talk about. We might, if there stupid. are further de- developments, then maybe we will talk about it tomorrow. But. One of the hardest parts of doing the show five days a week is like a lot of times we talk about something and then something very interesting happens, like literally as we're talking about it. So right. then you like, you don't want to do the same thing two days in a row all the time because not everybody wants to hear patience, the same thing. Patience, patience, guys. Two days in a row. But yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Brewmaster Monk said they want to, uh, us to destabilize ourselves. 
Yeah, true. That's uh, like that's a, a seems to be a point that I always want to address. Is like, yeah, it feels like all of the changes are designed to make the world feel uh, like like you can't have stable footing on anything. Like nothing feels solid beneath your feet. Everything is up in the air. I watch a lot of old movies and TV shows, and just you take you take for granted that uh, that uh, the the family had a mom and a dad. And the boys like the girls and the girls like the boys. I'm not like, and that's not saying I have no, like I am pro gay marriage. I am pro uh, whatever. Right. But I'm not, uh, but the idea here is that the idea to go as far as they have is that they don't want anything to feel solid. They want it to feel like, well, yes, children can consent. Oh yes. But uh, adults should have their student loans forgiven because they're not certainly not mature enough to be able to understand what it means to sign a, a document at 18 and then go to college. But, oh, but kids, well, they know what gender they are at six. Let them okay. do it. I, I'm not so sure I agree with that framing. I'm, but. I'm just saying they don't want nothing feels solid because they make up the rules as they go along where it aligns with the power they seek to, uh, to gain. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think that like seeding one inch as you have yeah. allows them to take well, I am the, the circumference <laughs> of the globe. Maybe, maybe I don't have the best approach, but I am the one who wants you to be able to, to, to be gay, get married, own guns, and, and sell weed. I, I am fine with all of that. Yikes. Guys, <laughs> how, do I, how do I make it every day with takes like how, these? How does she do it? Uh, <laughs> how dare he believe in personal liberty? Liberty. liberty. I, I, did <laughs> Luke just appear in here? <laughs> it all of a sudden feels very cold in this yes. room. <laughs> Bad App said, Urban yeah. Outfitters has the best long tees. H&M is trash. Well, here's the thing. I don't get them from either. What I do is I go to Amazon or to eBay and get what are called, uh, you just look up long line t-shirts, curved hem, and the ones that they say made in America, it's like it's literally uh, one brand is um, canvas. And uh, I can, maybe I'll look them up tomorrow, but there's a, a couple, and, and Shaka, S-H-A-K-A. Uh, and they make very, very good fitting ones. The uh, the div, uh, the smaller, the the divided ones, like from H&M, that's what the canvas ones are more like that. They're better material. I love this, the Brett Dasvik shopping guide. Yes, they're they're better material. For all your they're, Christmas needs. They're softer. Uh, the, the Shaka ones are uh, less, uh, less plush like that, but they also, uh, they don't shrink as easily. Also don't, uh, don't ever use a dryer if you buy shirts like that. Always air dry. Okay. <laughs> Tag D. Platty said <laughs> Summer Glau played a Terminator in the show. Yep. In, uh, in Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh, I love Summer Glau. She's fantastic. I'm going to go watch Firefly when, as soon as I'm done with this. Araftas Ostet said, Brett, the thing about call signs is you don't get to choose yours. So you'd be Ghost Girl and Blondie. You okay with Blondie, Brett? I guess it's, I guess it's fine if it's ironic. That will follow you forever, forever. Even though the blonde hair is gone now. And I did it for you guys. We'll never forget. Yes, and it is gone now. Bobcat said, movie recommendation that Hannah Claire won't be angry at me for. The holiday rom-com Love Actually is very based. Oh my God. We're just going to go, we're not even going to cover it as a topic. The, speaking of Love Actually, <laughs> the director of Love Actually, I'm just going to do this right now. Uh, the director of Love Actually, uh, Richard Curtis, he has, um, he's apologized for making a movie that just wasn't very diverse. So the movie may be based, but the director is not very based, ladies and gentlemen. It says, Love Actually director Richard Curtis has admitted that he feels stupid for not making his film more diverse. With Christmas just around the corner, 
the 2003 rom-com is set to be on repeat for the entire festive season. Is that to drown out the Mariah Carey of it all? Like oh, you yeah. put the she's, movie on. She's so. finished defrosting. She's fully yeah. here. So it says uh, the flick centers around eight couples who are loosely intertwined with one another and nearly all of them are Caucasian. Well, that is a, that is a problem in today's society. Here's Ooh. the thing, guys. Look, it was a time where the, the casting process wasn't considered so vital, where the majority of the country was Caucasian and marketers designed it as such. That doesn't make him a bad person. That doesn't make the people who cast diversely not for ideological re- uh, reasons bad people either. It just means that don't apologize. Don't be a dork. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, don't be a low testosterone beta like James Cameron. Don't apologize. You made your movie. People love that movie. There was no reason for him to apologize. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah they, they so go sorry, into, Bobcat. Yeah. Now you have to be reminded of that every, every time, time you, you watch <laughs> Love Actually. All right, back to the back to the super chats. Mark Reyes said, "I like Chet Formation, but I like the house references better." Brett, keep hitting us with the house references. I uh, I, I go through my phases where I where I watch. Uh, I'll have to to brush up. I'm I'm back through. Uh, I I watch a couple episodes once every couple of weeks. It's one of those shows where I can watch a couple episodes here and there, and then just come back to. Um, I'm back up through season three, where uh, right now uh, we just got through the detective Tritter storyline where he gets like, he like gives like a, he puts a probe in like a detective's rear end per se. Oh gosh. Uh, because the guy's rude to him. And then he ends up having to go to trial because he just won't admit that, uh, that he's wrong. And this guy just keeps bullying him. And it's really, really interesting. There's a, an episode about. Sounds like an episode of Cast Castle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, season three is, is one of my personal favorites. I think it might be. It might be the best of the story. They, in season four is when they introduced all the new characters like uh, 13, Taub, and, and uh, Kuttner. So I think those first three seasons are some of the best television. But I will uh, apply those references as needed as we go. Big Dave sent us 99 cents without a message. The strong silent type. Thank you, Big, Thank Dave. You, Big Dave. And Badapp said, do you nerds ever guest on anyone's pod that we can watch or do you not have any friends? Uh, that was mean. That hurt that my feelings stings. just a little bit well you know what well why don't you go ask other pods to, to go invite us yeah. we're not gonna invite ourselves on yeah, that's that's just weird right like hi can i come on your podcast <laughs> hi like, i work at Timcast media would you like me to come on your show with you please uh. like no no <laughs> All right, guys, we are, we are moving on. <laughs> Anyways. We are, we are moving on. So uh, Rebel Wilson can't win. The poor lady, she loses <laughs> She loses 80 pounds. She looks uh, really good now. I was going to say smoking, but uh, oh. hopefully she doesn't smoke. Uh, so, so Rebel Wilson has started a new clothing line called R&R. It's called R&R Club. It's a, a loungewear line. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, when you release a clothing line like this, you uh, you just you test out a few items. You test out a few colors. They did a limited item run, like limited yeah. colors, limited sizes. And you know what? When you are a formerly fat actress that made a career off making fun of yourself for being fat, you are unfortunately going to attract the worst of the worst as far as Twitter and Hollywood sycophants go because when you lose weight you are a bad person to them. It's kind of like plastic surgery. When you, uh, uh, maybe, uh, if you detransition, 
it's bad because you're no longer representing the marginalized group anymore. Well, what they're essentially saying is like, there's nothing wrong with you anymore. Yes. So (laughs) you can't represent us anymore. So she put out this clothing line in sizes extra small through extra large, which apparently is not inclusive enough. And people were giving her crap for it on her Instagram. So she responded on her story saying, we are experimenting with this limited capsule collection of only two pieces in limited sizes. And they almost sold out because those are the most inclusive sizes, actually. They represent most of the population size. And so, so that's like literally just demographics. Yeah. They look at, like maybe in America, you could sell a lot more extra, extra Like, larges. sorry we didn't waste money by making a bunch in 4XL. Yeah. like But uh, they're sweatpants. Like, get over yourself. Burlington Coat Factory's there. Go to Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> I love Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> so she got this tweet saying, former fat people love nothing more than to pretend like fat people don't exist after they lose weight. Why? Why is Twitter so awful? The is turned up. Why is Twitter so awful? Why? <laughs> what, like, what is it about that platform that just attracts the absolute worst? It, it brings out the worst in people. Well, They're- it's just like if you're not snarky or if you're not funny then no attention is paid to your posts. Well, they're not funny or snarky. They're snarky. They're not funny. Yeah, but it's like the two polar opposites are the things that get attention on Twitter and you have to fit into one of those boxes. Another one said, a huge epidemic of fat girls who lost weight and now they buy into the same fat phobia that made them hate themselves when they were fat. So now they want to distance themselves from fatness because society still hates women who lose weight forever having been fat. That is the That's not even true. And also they're imposing this feeling that that this self-hatred that they don't even know Rebel Wilson felt. Maybe she just wanted to be healthy. No, she did it because the doctor said if you don't lose weight, you won't be able to have kids. Yeah, exactly. Like they're they're imposing this self-hatred onto her that she never even admitted to having. I want to go through this one again. Okay, first of all, I am sick to death of the term phobic not being accurately used. You can have, like, it is no longer true. Whenever anybody, you're not going up to anyone anymore and there's nobody like, ew, fat people. Actually, there might be skinny like models that they, ew, fat people. But like- In their heads. In their they heads. don't say it out loud. But they're, but they're not actually genuinely scared of them. They just don't like them. That's a different type of bigotry. Right. Okay, you're not phobic <laughs> of it if you're just if you just have a rational argument to the contrary. Hello, ma'am. If you lose some weight, oh, hello, ma'am or sir. Uh, it would be better for you if you lost some weight. It would be better for your heart, your joints, your health. It will, you'll be able to live longer for your kids. You will genuinely have a higher quality of living. That is not bigotry. It is not. A phobia. It is not an irrational fear of something. I'm shocked that Rebel Wilson has gotten more backlash for just existing while not being overweight than someone like Tess Munster has ever gotten for claiming to be anorexic at like 300 pounds. Yeah. Or more. I don't, I don't even know. Like... Just sheerly spreading information is considered okay as long as you are on their side. Yeah. Also, I want I'm going to go back to the first one. I'm going to be this guy. Former fat uh, fat people love nothing more than to pretend like fat people don't exist after they lose weight. 
Can you tell me one example of that being true? It's such a... Um, I'm going to source... I'm source-broing you. It's source? such a late capitalist mindset to think that someone is de- denying that you exist by not selling you a product. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was like the, the first thing I wrote down was like, imagine a world where like, not only does somebody have to make something for you, they have to do it right away and perfectly. Like she's launching a business. She will likely make more down the line. It's kind of like Candace Cameron... Talking about how, look, we might make more movies with more themes later. Maybe, sure. Let's do this first and see how it works. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they don't owe you anything. Just because Disney has 100 years of infrastructure to make all the weird stuff you want to watch does not mean that everyone has the ability to do that. And it certainly doesn't not make them bad people. That's mm-hmm. absolutely bonkers. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, I'm seeing all of these tweets. And uh, someone said, Miss Rebel Wilson coming out with a $300 set that only goes to size extra large. Uh, It is kind of ridiculous that she set the price that high, but also like they're almost sold out. So can you blame her? Well, and like, I don't know what the materials are. If it's, it's not couture because it's, it's still uh, fast fashion, right? Would it it still be considered fast fashion because it's not? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know how they were made. Someone said it's not cost effective to make bigger sizes. The more material used, the more the garment costs to make. And there's less of a market for extra, extra large. Sell in America. We have plenty of fat people here. That's (laughs) fine. We love, we love fat people here. By the way, guys, that was the number one thing that I noticed when I was overseas was how they, they were like shocked that I wasn't fat. They were like, like yeah. I, I was in Spain and they Which were like. Which is kind of xenophobic. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, uh, uh, yeah. Like, wow. You're not like, you're short and you're not fat. That's amazing. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. Wait, did they expect you to be tall because you're American? I don't, I, they, they, they just pointed it out. I don't know if that's what they expected, but they definitely expected me to be fat. Like, <laughs> like these are people that knew that I skated, had seen videos of me skating and somehow like thought, what, the camera took away 20 pounds rather than adding you're 10. strategically editing them yes. to not show that you're actually 400 pounds yeah like, <laughs> I, like, like so like that's that is a that is a stereotype of america right? i can't forget whoa whoa someone replied she's forgetting her roots wow your roots? like as if as if being fat is some kind of cultural heritage <laughs> Well, I mean, and then you, someone you replied, make... no, she just conveniently used fatness as a punchline to start her career and dropped it once she was over it. They the old Chris Pratt. They don't <laughs> believe, they don't believe in actually getting better for the sake of getting better. They put negative connotation on absolutely everything. Imagine like you have to live your life digitally to imagine that life is that linear I and mean, planned. Pick a side. Was she unfairly mocking fat people throughout her career or was she your hero as a plus size yeah. woman? And why like, is it? <laughs> then it's a matter of perspective. Sure. You you loved her when she was fat because she validated who you were. But shouldn't you also valorize her for losing weight because it shows you what you could be? No, because you don't actually want to aspire to more because that's too much work and that shines a light back on you and your inability to make changes. And I'm not, I want to make this clear. I'm not saying that making those changes is easy or something that should be taken lightly. I understand that making drastic life changes is a very, very, very difficult thing to do. I've had to do it. There are still many things in my life I would love to be able to do vastly better. But the problem is you can't just wallow in what you are if there are things that need to change and expect everyone else to do the same because it validates you. Mm -hmm. That's not how the world works. A lot of the responses to the situation are, wow, 
Watching Rebel Wilson on screen used to make me feel positively, and now I feel negatively. And it's really missing the point that, um, that they seem to think they're making, actually, which is that no one is responsible for how you felt in response to their appearance. It was not, like, her being overweight is yeah. <laughs> and that making you feel some type of way about her yeah. is not her responsibility whether Adele, you hated her for it or loved her for it it's not her problem Adele said the same thing she's like look I can't control how people like that's gonna be one of the hardest parts about being an, like a celebrity right like you're you can't control how people how you make people feel you can create your art. You can make the movies. You can try to, uh, in this case, in in Rebel Wilson's case, you can try to make people laugh. In Adele's case, you can try to make them emotional through music. But you are not, in the end, in control of what that, how people take that. It's why we talk a lot about how these artists, these guys making movies today, they want to both make the art and tell you how you have to feel about the art. But unfortunately, that's not how the real world works. But when a lot of how you make other people feel is tied to your actual identity, in this case, being overweight when you were younger, that's a problem because you can't, uh, you're, these people are going to back us because they've developed such an identity crisis around yeah. something that is inherently unhealthy. They're they're wearing the blinders yeah. and if they're calling this embarrassing for Rebel Wilson, I say in response like this is embarrassing for you who is crying in a comment section uh. because you can't find clothes that fit you. Please focus on yourself and your own self-improvement instead of uh, impugning someone else for improving their life. It's also funny cuz she gets it from both sides now because first of all, they got mad uh, people got mad because they thought she was remember when she came out and she was like they forced me to come out because uh, the reporter threatened mm -hmm. to leak her so she that happened she got pushed back on that then uh, the this stuff happened she got pushed back on that uh, Adele she loses weight she can't win like I feel bad for them we are in a culture now that is determinedly anti self improvement anti positive change which is why, like, even though you can say Jordan Peterson's takes are so boilerplate, he just, like, tells men that they should take a shower and make their bed. It's like... That's well, hard. A lot, a lot of people are telling you that you should never try to improve yourself at all. So, of course, someone needs to <laughs> fill the gap in the market for, like, someone providing the opposite. What is lazier than having than a society that literally makes all of the best thought leaders, people that tell you that you don't have to do anything. It's like a double whammy. Like, not only do I get to to make money and be seen as positive, I get to do it by telling you that you don't have to do anything because doing because yeah. I think so little of you and of society as a whole that I don't think that you or anyone else are capable of greater things, are not capable of anything more than what you are right now. Uh, either uh, are you overweight are you, uh, what would something else that they look, that they seem to think that is okay that usually sometimes isn't? Uh, hmm. That seems to be the bit, that seems to be the most genuinely unhealthy one. I mean, it's difficult because there are a lot of things viewed as pathological yeah. and it's difficult because they've, they've, they've toppled it over on its head where, uh, they've reversed the morality like everything good is bad everything bad is good yeah. up is down it's left 19, is right east is west like it, yeah it's it is like you said everything made to feel ephemeral and unstable and you know 
The only the I I always say this and I, I'll say it again. The only way to combat this is just like middle fingers up and and not caring. Yeah. Well, and that's hard because like when it was it was easier for me when I didn't do this for work. It was, it was easier when you like when I when I, like I would go through phases right where I would I would take in a lot of media that talked about this stuff. I cared a lot about the culture. I cared a lot about politics. But when I wasn't doing it for work, I could tune out if I needed to, if I felt myself getting overwhelmed. A lot of people don't even have that ability, right? Like I have friends that care so much about it that even to their own detriment, like I have, I definitely have friends that use Twitter and they shouldn't, there's times when they should not be on. Like it affects them. They get really down. They get really kind of, uh, uh, morbid about society. And I'm like, there are times like that. You got to pull back. You have to give yourself a little bit of perspective because society isn't going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's very, very difficult. But when society, like we said, isn't going to give you a healthy picture of the world, you have to create that healthy picture of the world for yourself. But when there's nobody telling you to do that, you've got like the the people, the closest thing you'll get now on Instagram is like gym bros telling you to go to the gym. Like, uh, it's, it's all the memes about like, uh, women. Oh my God, you're beautiful. Just the way you are. It doesn't matter how you look. Guys are like, got to get bigger. Got to get more swole. Got to get in better shape because you I know, think there should be a happy medium, medium between the two. It's a, uh, it is yeah. what it is, but, uh, I, I hope that we can find a middle ground, but I don't know if I can't look at the, I don't know enough about history as far as like cultural trends to be able to say that we can come back from this. Like, it only seems to flow in one direction, right? Like do in 20 years, what are we back to an unhealthy medium the other way where only heroin chic is in like, well, that's what they're saying is, uh, is back in back. We've, we've covered that before. Um, they're saying heroin chic is back, but then it caused a huge panic in the media. Well, you know, like I, it is what it is, man. I just, I want people to be able to strive for self-improvement watch the media they want to watch, take away from that media what they want to, to take away from it, but not think that that says everything that it says about them and certainly not use it as a guidebook for how to live their lives because nobody should be doing that. Right. So, uh, and before we go, we'll, we'll read the rest of the Super Chats. I do want to talk quickly about why network television and examples like this are exactly why society, uh, why the wokest of Hollywood comes out in television on network TV. Mm-hmm. So, well, actually, in this case, it would be on Paramount Plus, but it started on network yes. TV. So, Aisha Tyler, you might know her from uh, um, Archer. She plays Lana in Archer. She was Dr. Uh, Tara Lewis on Criminal Minds uh, and now on Criminal Minds Evolution. Well, in Criminal Minds, she is a, she's a, a doctor. She's married to a doctor. After a divorce, she uh, gets engaged to another doctor. All men. Well, now, the show was off, went off air in 2020. And mysteriously, in 2022, the show comes back and she is a pansexual. Yeah. Make it make sense. This is something she said in an interview, so it's not something they actually scripted into the show, but... Well, uh, she's with a woman. So now she's, despite no evidence to the contrary in previous seasons that she was ever interested in women... She is now interested yeah. in women. Here's the problem. There is no problem with that, with, for me, with that character being interested in women. There has to be some part of the storyline throughout the show that indicates that that's what it was. Otherwise, it's just lazy virtue signaling taking over for storytelling. You're not storytelling. You're just virtue signaling. The issue is they scripted her to be dating a woman because it's 2022. Yes. That's it. Yeah. So what Aisha T- Tyler said about this in an interview is... I think she's pansexual. I think that's really perceptive. Uh, they they said, but, okay, what did she say? 
I, I don't want to speak for pansexual people but I think so much about pansexuality it's just about falling in love with the person you know what I mean yeah of course cool yeah <laughs> so uh, like look it's just like such a superficial surface level uh cheap trick yes and this is the problem with these shows that go for 20 zillion seasons and right this, this doesn't even resonate with like the people that she represents on screen which is a middle-aged divorcee i'm sorry no middle-aged woman these days knows what the word pansexual is or means uh, they've watched the view nor yes, identifies as such they watch the view yes they well do. if they watch the yeah. view then maybe they know so it's like <laughs> that you sacrifice all of this storytelling because they take characters that have strict uh, pers- personalities that have, like like we talked about, a concrete world built around them. They acted like this. They behaved like this. Yeah. This was their preferences. This is how they spoke. Is she going to come back and speak in a completely different dialect? <laughs> now it's no. like the character that meant something to you, now we're taking it away and desecrating it. Because of... Be- we, for fun. Cultural... For fun. Cultural uh, conquering. Yeah. They want to conquer this, all that you love. This reminds me of a Twitter gag account that is called Your Fave is LGBTQ. <laughs> they take a screen cap of any TV or movie character and then the second image is some obscure Tumblr LGBT flag. Yeah. And it's like... Uh, Penelope Garcia from Criminal Minds is pansexual and people uh, retweet and like and they're like oh my gosh I love it I, actually uh, Spencer it, Spencer Reed from Criminal Minds is non-binary and pansexual like they just post him like a screen cap of him with if, the with the flags that represent non-binary and pansexuality and then people retweet because it's like, oh, I get to pretend that I'm getting represented. And if anybody in the show, it's, like, it's like jiggling keys in front of their yeah. face. It, Penelope Garcia would have made sense as like somebody who, uh, but it wouldn't have made sense because she wore her identity on her sleeve. She was always like this colorful, quirky person. So she would have been like that. But from why the does that have to equal yeah. being of a certain sexual orientation? Because like, they that's don't just know how called having a personality. They don't know subtlety, though. Right. They do not know subtlety. So I'm just saying like if there was a way that they could have done it where it would have felt to me, however superficial, slightly like it made sense, it would have been her. But no, you have to subvert expectations. You have to make the button down doctor do it because, you know, progression, progressivism. And it's and it ruins things. I love those first five seasons of Criminal Minds are some of the best network television that you will ever see, however morbid they may be. Um, there's some fantastic writing, especially in season four, uh, with really deep insights into a lot of these. If anything, like that was some of the earlier examples of like humanizing a lot of humanization of serial killers, kind of like what they do with Dahmer, just albeit more shockingly. Yeah. Um, there's fantastic television in there. No, to be fair, Aisha Tyler's character wasn't on the show yet. She didn't come in until like season nine or something like that. But I'm just saying, everything you loved, whenever they announce a reboot or that something's coming back, I want you to tremble. Just run. Tremble with fear and absolute, it's not going to work. No, just rewatch the old version yeah. and ignore the fact that they ever updated it. Pretend. That's what I'm going to do for Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Like it's just, they will not do your characters justice. They will not treat their past or any of their story with respect. They will treat it as a launching port, uh, point and as a soapbox for whatever weird 2022 uh social ideology is current in five years whatever that is that will be what ruins the shows of today Mm -hmm. so it is what it is but this is just another example of why network tv is 
particularly awful when it comes to wokeness. So uh, we got some super chats. Yes. Let's do this. If you guys have anything, send that in. Bad app said someone ran their car into a fireworks store by my house and set all the fireworks off. It was the most American way to expire us. <sighs> I love it. I kind of love it. That's kind of epic. I kind of love it. It's, it's very cocaine bear vibes. Dude, okay. Not just that. Then I sent uh, I sent Hannah Clara store a story of like a was it like a chihuahua on weed or something like there's more now there's like there's weed. a lot. There's a there's more Someone sent me or, a story know, about a, a meth lab and a raccoon barbecue. Yes. Like Like there's a lot of stories of drug out, drugged out animals that are saying like they could become a cinematic universe. I'm t- oh like, my Dude, could, uh, drugged animal like uh drugged out of their mind animal cinematic universe. I'm here for it. Like I like like I'm saying like uh Alyssa uh, not Alyssa Milano go uh, uh Elizabeth Banks ruining everything with Charlie's Angels coming back and making something as ridiculous. She's paying reparations she is, by putting out cocaine there. Really, is, it, it could be awful, but it looks awesome. No, like, it's so gonna be it's great. Gonna be I know awesome. it. We're gonna watch it and review it. Oh, and we're going to see uh, Violent Night. Yes, yeah, yes. we're going to see Violent Night tonight as well. Bad App said, when you order garments, most garments only go up to XL. I'm the real humble t-shirt salesman. I dropped new tube tops and they only go to XL. I mean, honestly, if you're in the range of like XL, I don't think you should be wearing a tube top, but that's none of my business. But the, couldn't that be like they're just tall? Like, mm, Not ordinarily. Um, th- that's I, ordinarily like just... If the people wear a lot of tube tops, they're like days? wider. Are tube tops like a, a big thing? They came back in like 2018, kind halter of halter tops. Halter tops never yeah. go out of style. Those are those are good. Coyote ugly vibes, dude. Okay, and everybody should go watch Coyote Ugly. That is an animal that does not get drugged. It's just a a, a bar of hot women dancing. Still on never tables. understood the name of the bar. And no, it she being explained relevant. it. I mean, she explained it, but I was like, okay. The, you know, if you you, <laughs> like, you take home a woman and she's disgusting when you wake up the next morning because you got beer goggles on and she's so ugly that you would rather chew your arm off than risk waking her up by taking your arm out. That's, That's coyote, coyote ugly. ugly. See? I was like, all right. Another fun example of uh, art, uh, of learning to love the art but not the artist, that has Maria Bello in it, in that role, and she is bonkers on Twitter and uh, in oh. general. She is a social justice nut most of the time, so... It's fantastic. Sketch Therapy said, fat is beautiful. Message sponsored by Lipitor. <laughs> what is that? Uh, I think Lipitor is an antidepressant. Oh. I think. Uh, we'll look into that. Also, somebody's uh, Serge X in the chat said, don't judge my skinny jeans. I got a message the other day where somebody asked, um, they asked why I wore yoga pants skating. <laughs> <laughs> they're just black sweatpants. It's like I was like, bro, yoga pants. Like, uh, imagine like, like the ones that are flared at the bottom. I'm thinking of all like like women wear yoga pants, but because my like I wear skinny pants, like my my they think that my sweatpants are yoga pants. But you know, it's a vibe. Call me Snow Possum said greatest Brett quote. I always do, or I also do this thing where I'm not a bitch. I do? Episode one eighty nine. You're I going said, into the archives. I said that. You said that. I, I guess said that. I do this thing where I'm I'm not a I'm not a bitch. All right. Well, cool. Bobcat said it's not that fat people don't aspire to be more; it's that they don't aspire to be less. Well, ah. as Patrick Bateman said, you can always be thinner, look better. 
Uh, well, he, okay, but also like, uh, like, do you think that's a problem in society right now? That people like, uh, maybe it's kind of like the demoralization, like nobody can afford. I can't. Even, I'm never gonna own a house. I, why would I have kids if I can't own a house? Why would I get thinner if I can't have kids and own a house? Mm, no, I like, don't think people think that. People far have ahead just about it. given up. People are like, I don't care. Like, uh, like I can't own a house. My parents own a house, and and they paid like eighty grand for it. In my mind, like letting yourself go physically like that is kind of oh, Lipitor dropping all pretense of civility. Lipitor is for cholesterol. Oh, got it. That makes more sense. Okay. Not Alan Rogers said, are fat roots those blue lines thick girls have? <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, we shouldn't be judgmental. I, we should, I'm not judgmental of anyone unless they're taking the catty approach that they took to Rebel Wilson. Like the cope, like all that was it just- It is catty. All of that was just catty grade A copium. Like it's all just them being like, oh my God, she had the, she had the, uh, she put in the effort. She did the work that it took to lose the weight. It shines a light back on me. And also when you plant your flag early and say, I like this celebrity because they look like me and right. then they change, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because you're tying yourself to a trait that's something that they can change. It's one thing to be like, I like this actor because of their race. That's freaking weird. But there are people that do that, it seems like these days. That yeah. like in, in Hollywood, there is a lot of people that they like an actor because they're black. They like an actor because they're this or that. They can't change that. Mm -hmm. But a person can get thinner. Yeah. But I guess Ollie, Ollie uh, what's his name? Ollie London London's, can change Can change race. race. So what do I know? <laughs> Marco said... Oh, they're saying that the article is that people said that she forgot her fat roots. Are the roots? Yeah, they, uh, she forgot her roots. And he's in the in the super chat said uh, their fat is the fat roots the the blue lines. What does that mean? The, but he's referring. He's making a joke about the the how fat women look, and then the but he's talking about fat roots. What's blue lines? Uh on fat women. I'm guessing stretch marks. I don't know. Oh, stretch marks. Maybe I don't know. Okay. Marco said, what is a priest's favorite candy bar? What is it? Amen, Joy. I don't get it. No, no, no comment. <laughs> I don't understand. The last of my kind said the word Brett is fit supremacist. Is that true? I, I did not mean that. I, I did not. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, I am not trying to be a fit supremacist. I'm not like, uh, I, I'm not, and I'm like, I don't, uh, I skate a lot, but it's not like I, I work out extensively, but I'm just saying, I don't that, think like, everyone needs to be some kind of Adonis. It's just like, don't hate on other people for wanting to improve themselves. It's a weird culture we live in, dude. I, I don't know if we can, is, is it, can you think of an example of the real world of this happening? Like in the real, this only happens on the internet. Nobody in the real world says, why would you lose weight? <laughs> Well, in the real world, it's girl groups, yeah, of, it's, like friends who tell each other, like, you look perfect. You look so sexy. Like, they, they praise them in public, but their private thoughts are that they get to be superior to yeah. their friend who looks worse than them. The, uh, the, um, it's the, the meme about, like, uh, women to, uh, like, women to each other. Oh, my, like, women lie to each other by saying, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. You're, like, the most beautiful girl ever. Guys lie to each other by saying, like, dude, am I fat? Dude, I know five fat people and you're four of them. Like, guys lie to them each other with insults. Women lie to each other with compliments. Yeah. Unredacted said... OCC and Tomcats inspired me to make my own channel. Tim or P P PCC <laughs> and Timcast inspired me to wait. I don't know to make his own channel. To, uh, he means I, I means to make his own channel. Dude, oh, that's sorry. awesome. 
Uh, what are you going to talk about, dude? What's uh, what is the is it is unredacted mean like? Unredacted. Are we talking like government secrets? Are we talking like uh, are you digging conspiracy up information? Theories. Conspiracy theories, or maybe maybe Balenciaga is uh, is is got some memo somewhere that says we want creepy stuff in our uh, in our ads, and somebody like finds that document. Like uh, I, that's cool, man. I hope the mm-hmm. podcast goes well. Yeah, High Voltage seventy five said. Koki the bear says only you can prevent overdoses. There was also a really funny one of the Coca-Cola bear grabbing a bottle of Coke. He says, when the other Coke bear realizes there's a new Coke bear movie. Have you ever seen the Coca-Cola bear? Who the oh, Coca-Cola yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear says when the other Coke bear realizes <laughs> that there's a Coke cocaine bear movie coming out. And they'll have a face off. <laughs> Dude, I, I had the little uh, Coca-Cola plushie. Oh, that's with cute. The, my mom, my mom got them, and I found them like right before uh, I moved out, and I gave them to my dad, and like, uh, like he gave them to my nephews, and they're like, they just don't different time. Yeah, like, it's it, not really a cultural. No, no, it was at the time. Yeah, bad app said you could be a skinny mini with XL tig bits. There you go. I doubt it. <laughs> Matt said, bring on the. I don't know how to pronounce that. Finocchio? You know? Finocchio bros? I don't know what that means. And DC said varicose veins are the blue lines I was asking about. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I thought that was like something that happens when you're, you're old. In your legs, right? Um, yes, yeah. Is that like the sign of like uh like um like th- uh thrombosis or whatever? I don't yeah. know. All right, guys. Uh, someone says, uh, I-, I love the chat. Uh, I can't always watch the chat. What are chat they talking the, about that has the, nothing uh, to do with what we are talking the, about as like, per usual? Uh, Raven Thor says, everyone on PCC should get real swole or real fat. Either would work. They're, they're just, I love it. They just have their own conversations. That's why things are. Uh, uh, and then now Johnny Derp is making sexual references to the term thrombosis. Uh, Bruh. <laughs> Uh, Shimmy Shelley says, yes, poor circulation. So I was right about that. Okay. Uh, it's not what like the people get it on airplanes, right? They, they get, uh, that's how they get clots in their legs on airplanes because of poor know. circulation from like sitting with your, uh, sitting still for too long. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm not an expert. She's like, I'm 22. I don't get clotted veins yet. And I go on airplanes. <laughs> I don't, for long I hope you time. don't either. Yeah. No, I do not. <laughs> So though um, it is funny because uh, um, like since uh, having the operation recently and then uh, uh, one of the people at work here is like, Brett, you're looking thinner. I'm like, I'm definitely not thinner. Like yeah. I am, I'm the same weight I was before. Like if I could do anything better and this is one thing um, I, I will say, I have things I would like to improve on myself. I could absolutely have a better diet. Like I could eat way healthier than I do. Um, it's one of the things that I tr- like. I would like to work on. I have started kind of re uh, re getting into like upper body workouts. Like I didn't bring my my bench press or any of that stuff when I moved here. Like we have like weights here, but I don't use them down in like the in that room. I'd prefer to do that like on my own. Mm-hmm. Like I should be doing that stuff. But it's not wrong or bad to want to improve yourself. It's good to want yeah, to improve yourself. That should be celebrated. Uh, and, uh, and then, yes, Shimmy Shelley says, Brett loves uh, bread too much. That is true. I eat way too much bread. Way too many carbs uh, is definitely why I will never, never be skinny. I don't even eat like a lot of like candy or chocolate or anything like that. Just uh, stupid carbs, less bread. So, Is there anything like bread, you, bread. that you eat that you feel like you shouldn't be eat, eating, but you do? Literally no. <laughs> Mary's like, I apologize for nothing. No. Of course not. Um, Probably yeah. boba. I don't know. Z Fister. 
I love the name. Uh, everyone keep commenting 20 super chats and Brett drops a skate video in yoga pants. He must skate because he says, he also says street spots only. And if they say street spots only, they definitely skate because they understand what that means. Meaning not at skate parks, uh, out doing stuff uh, on handrails and ledges. Um, so, oh, somebody says I eat too many Twinkies. I don't eat Twinkies. I don't eat, I don't eat any of like the, what do you call them? Like the, like little Debbies or anything like that. So. All right, guys. Uh, thank everyone in the chat. Thank you guys for joining us today. This has been a ton of fun. We like these two-person shows are always uh, kind of a trip because it's just me and you, and uh, we spend all day up here working, getting ready, yeah. and then we and then we have our conversation, and it's always so much fun because everybody gets to come along and either roast us, agree with us, disagree with us, or talk about something completely separate from us altogether. Yeah, <laughs> I, I applaud the chat for being able to start their own arguments. All right, guys. Mary, let everyone know where they can find you. Yes, you can find pictures of me on Instagram at Mary Archived. And if you want to read my inane thoughts, you can follow me on Twitter, which is also at Mary Archived. Uh, bad app, I am no. not reading that. Go figure she, that she wasn't going to read yeah. that one, guys. What did I, you expect? I figured it's, it's what's going to happen. Guys, again, uh, I, as I want to remind everyone more often these days, one more from Big Dave, 99 cents, no message because Big Dave is the uh, strong, silent type. Uh, we love, I love Big Dave. He's a great guy. Uh, for the show, uh, like the videos, leave comments on the videos, subscribe to the channel, especially uh, like these uh, live videos. We really appreciate that. It really does help the channel grow in the algorithm. Uh, I've been taking a closer look at analytics and trying to look at how often we reach people that aren't subscribed, how often we reach people that are subscribed. It's all very interesting. Tim and uh, everyone here, like they know so much more about that. But uh, like I said, like those videos, leave comments on the videos, subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic for the show. We are here Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific where we talk about all things weird, pop culture and entertainment and stuff like that. Uh, we are also on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify if you like to listen rather than watch. And if you want to follow us on social media, Twitter at PopCulture underscore show, Facebook and TikTok at PopCultureCrisis, and on Instagram at PopCultureCrisisPod. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow on Friday. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Bye.